is good. Defenders Nation. Wow, I can hear the echo in this room that is so sparsely furnished here in Casa de la Nina in beautiful Longdale, California. Defenders Nation, it is a celebration, but not too much. After the massive, massive win that we will certainly talk about here on the most LAFC podcast on earth, this is episode 221 of Defenders of the Bank. And boy, did we defend that bank tonight. You know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert. And sitting across the interwebs from me in beautiful Burbank, California, world-famous Philomonster Studios, the namesake of the hallowed ground himself, one Christian Philly Philomon. Ole, 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 down goes the galaxy. Ole, 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 down goes the galaxy. That's right, defenders. And the millions and millions. Oh, my God. Los Angeles, the rest of the world. How y'all doing? Are you as ecstatic, energetic, and have your voices gone as much as Scarf's and I have? What an evening. What a day of jubilation. Down goes Carson yet again in another playoff matchup. It's been a glorious evening, my man. How the hell I'm still able to talk to you right now and sound somewhat coherent is beyond me, but we celebrate because we destroyed, well, I'm not going to say destroyed, but we slayed our arch rivals. The race to Sace has been erased. That's right. They (laughs) talked about it all over their social media that the race to Sace was going right through the bank. Well, my friends, we erased the Sace. It is gone. We have exercised the demons. Look, for all of you out there that had your doubts, that had your worries, that had your frustrations, that were super nervous, super frustrated going into this match and during this match, we feel you. We commiserate with you. We understand. We are right there along with you. But let's take tonight to celebrate the accomplishment 3-2 victory over Carson at Bank of California Stadium. And Philly, I want to say right off the top, we want to give all the love that we can to our wonderful sponsors over at Flex Power Tools. If you have not yet checked out Flex, please do. Maybe you want to buy a new kit to commemorate this playoff vanquishing of Carson. It's going to have Flex right there on the front of kit sponsor. We love our friends at Flex and could not thank them enough for being the official podcast sponsor of Defenders of the Bank. And remember, every Flex power tool comes with a lifetime warranty that you buy through 2022. And that's how we pay the bills here at Defenders of the Bank. We love you, Flex Nation. However, Philly, we are celebrating far more than our fantastic sponsorship with Flex. It was an incredible, incredible night at the bank. Oh, it absolutely was. One of those games that's going to go down in history is one of the most exciting and honestly nerve-wracking games that we have ever seen at Bank of California Stadium. Anytime we go up against our arch rivals, it's we're always going to be in for a hell of a game. And this game did not disappoint. If you are a neutral for the two teams, then you are obviously treated with a nice afternoon <laughs> slash evening delight. If that was you a go out one. there and continue to say that MLS is a farmer's league and that it's boring, you are a Euro 
snob and an idiot. MLS is an exciting league. And yes, no doubt, no uh, duh. It's obviously not as competitive as the European leagues. But this is a league that's within its infancy as compared to the rest of the leagues around the world. And all of these playoff matches have not failed to entertain. And this by far... By far was the most entertaining match of the MLS Cup playoffs. And I'm not just saying that because I am biased. You made a lovely comment about their race to SACE being erased. Well, now their race to SACE is as prevalent and as important as Puffy and Mace. Not important at all. Done. (laughs) Disgraced. Y'all are done. Go home. LA is black and gold. And you know what, Scarf? Yeah, I want to say this this time, and I also want to say to conclude the podcast, I will take all those regular season L's as long as we get to smoke them like a pack of Lucky Strikes in the playoffs. That's all that matters at the end of the day is beating this team when it counts. Sure, the Open Cup loss defeat was rough. But I will take those losses only to have the pure satisfaction that I have right now. We defeated the Galaxy for the second time in the MLS Cup playoffs. It is glorious, brother. I I think, didn't Mace become like a preacher or something? Well, he kind of got a little shook with that East Coast, West Coast rivalry stuff. So he bounced. He had a song called Welcome Back. And then he strangely found his way in G-Unit being gangster again. And last I heard, he owes Puffy three million bucks. Well, yeah, I had heard he became like a a pastor or a preacher or something like that. Well, yeah, man, that's how you wash wash funds, man. Not for profit. No one's going to go after a preacher for tax evasion. No, I I'm hear not saying you, that Mace did that. It, I don't know what Mace is doing. All I know is that Welcome Back track was kind of whack. I miss Harlem World. I was smoking enough reefer to kiss the sky, Mace. But that Mace is long gone. Yeah, that, I mean, come on. I now. said He's, reefer. Uh, Who, how old am I? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, we are, in case you guys couldn't tell, we are absolutely spent. It has been an incredible night at Bank of California Stadium. For those of you that watched it at home, Hopefully you have taken some extra time to hug your family, to celebrate with your loved ones, or to maybe clean up the mess that you made while you were throwing around your drinks or, or knocking down some stuff when they came back and tied it twice, whatever it was, make sure you clean up. You don't want an upset spouse in the morning, no matter who they are or what you did, we all should be able to celebrate a galaxy uh, defeat like this. I, I do want to say, I, I was sitting there, Philly. I was prepping for the for the pregame. I'm so, I'm sitting there talking with Max and uh, Blake Blake Beckner. We love Blake uh, and and Connor and the four of us were talking. And all of a sudden, I look over and coming right through the turnstiles along with everybody else, not in like the VIP entrance or anything, but right underneath in the Pepsi Plaza. We look and I go, "Hey guys, I'm pretty sure that's Cade Cowell." And sure enough, Cade Cowell was just taking in the game. Like any other fan, like like any other casual, we watched Cade Cowell walk in. That was kind of neat. Oh, that's super neat. Um, I don't recall seeing any celebrities at all, other than you, Max, Vincent <laughs> Connor. And it's kind of funny. I got to Christmas Tree Lane a little early. I wanted to make sure I got there for the fan fest and do my um, you know, pregame walk around Christmas Tree Lane where I stated yeah. that I wouldn't have anything to drink. And obviously you came over would... to me holding a Pacifico. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I turned down a Modelo because it's an AEG slash galaxy sponsor. There you um, go. And I forgot what the point of my story was. Uh, we're talking about celebrities. Oh yeah. Bunch of people came up to me and like, Hey Philly, can't wait to hear like the pregame and the postgame show, man. We love you on it. 
And I'm like, oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm here to party, guys. Like, I'm not on it today. They're like, really? Why not? And I'm like, oh, well, it's kind of simple. Like, I got usurped by some guy named Max Bredos. <laughs> Never hear of him. And, of course, everybody laughed. But needless to say, thank God LAFC won because I get to do the conference final. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm so ecstatic we are still alive. Scarf, I am very jovial right now. It is currently yeah. 12.33 on Friday uh Friday morning uh, October the 21st and I am um I'm FBP right now okay, I don't what fueled is fueled by what is, pepper baby Dr. Pepper just what oh the doctor ordered fueled by Dr. Pepper how how the mighty have fallen between you and I now that we are uh we are no longer drinking for a little bit that's you know fun. you know uh, it's funny it's funny so like we're driving home on the uh on the five and Panda's like I'm hungry and I'm like, okay, well, what's open right now? Oh, I know exactly what's open. For those of you who know us, you obviously know my wife is very fit, works out a lot. But when yes. I tell you there is nobody that I know that eats more fast food, it, it, it's her. Body by in and out Burger, I'm not even lying. So anytime she orders the fast food, I'm obviously a recipient of that stuff. So we ordered 20 nuggets. We ordered cheeseburgers. We, I, I had a Big Mac for the first time in like 12 years. Oh, my God. And um, yeah, I would just hate... Hate to be a piece of the porcelain that's in Philamonster Studios later on uh, tomorrow morning. And that's why we love Philly, everybody, because you're getting a taste of what's happening later on. After well, you don't episode. want to taste any of that, dude. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know it, the last me. time I had McDonald's was. It was quite a while ago. But that being said. Nuggets are good, Scarf. You know where I'm sure you, you pass a McDonald's or two? On the drive from Bank of California Stadium back to Dignity Health Sports Park. As your team gets let out from the VIP parking lot by the wonderful people at the Los Angeles Police Department and a couple of California sheriffs there as well. And I have to say, you and I stuck around for a little bit. Part of it may or may not have been because Nina thought she lost her phone. We were going all over the bank trying to find it. And I have to say the best thing, as we crossed the street to go to our car in the parking lot, we heard the whoop, whoop of the motorcycle cops. That was me trying to have a voice, by the way. The motorcycle cops, as they drove the two Carson buses past us, and all I did was I turned and I just waved. I waved hoping that that maybe somewhere Raheem Edwards is turning and looking at me wave and thinking, I did a bad, bad thing. <laughs> I, I waved too. Only unlike you, I waved with one finger. As I, that bus was going by, that figure that I that. used to wave to that bus, I'll, I'll let loose your imagination. But what was interesting, kind of unfortunate, honestly, like, so there was, you were in pink lot, if I'm not mistaken. I was parked in yellow. As Panda and I were going in the car, there were a bunch of people on from the LAFC side yelling through the fences at people getting into the, the Carson supporters buses. And, well... The banter wasn't very nice. I can tell you that much. I can also tell you that I might have incited a little bit because I corrected oh one of the LAFC fans. They were just like, oh, drive them this way, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no, 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 drive them off a cliff. I didn't realize I was as loud as I was, but people were like, yeah, drive those Carson fans off a cliff. And I realized, oh, oh poo, I need to like watch what I say in, in, in the heat of the moment. I mean, there's nothing like a, like a reactionary Philly after a massive win like that. I can you might not want to hear the last uh, <laughs> Defenders Live thing then. Yeah, I, uh, we, we could talk about that later, but I had to take it down because uh, I, I do have... But I did put have... NSFW. 
You did, but I do have some people from the Galaxy front office that are at the school that I work at, so I had to go ahead and take that down. Love All you. right, fair enough. You, you knew that was Did you at least save the video? Uh, it's, it's saved for 30 days, yes. Okay, good, because at the very least, it was a nice video. So forget the commentary, <laughs> but the video was nice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, look, normally this is where we go into this day in LAFC history. Normally this is where we look all around the league at some other things that are going on. Uh, one one small note to mention, Philly. We might as well talk about it real quick. Uh, Philadelphia Union defeating FC Cincinnati in their maiden playoff voyage. one nothing. It was a very, very hard-fought game. Uh, I, I think Philly is going to wind up coming out of the East. I think they have been the class of the East all along, but I really do want to see that matchup between Montreal and NYCFC, see how that one goes. I, I think it's going to be lots of fun, and I, I really do think Montreal has a chance not just to beat NYCFC, but to come out and beat Philly if they can play their right game. But Can we just say the Union? Get- because it really like just... It just sounds weird to me. Messes with you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I I really do. I'm going to enjoy, for those of you, I'll I'll be leaving on Sunday to take 40 plus middle schoolers to Washington, D.C., going with our eighth grade to Washington, D.C. So I am, first of all, very appreciative that this match was not on Sunday because it could have been on Sunday and, and that it was on this Thursday. But I am going to really enjoy following along on my phone and seeing these two matches. Will it be Dallas? Will it be Austin? Will it be Marco Farfan? Or will it be Sebastian Driussi that we get to see at Bank of California Stadium? Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch what happens with these two games. And Philly, I think you know our, our our preview pod for the Carson match went so well. I think we got to do that for uh, for whoever we're taking on against Austin or Dallas. Yeah, I mean we only have so many more episodes of this podcast that we can release throughout the course of the season, even on our way to MLS Cup. So, yeah, I, w- I would agree. We got a lot of really positive feedback. We obviously had a lot of really interesting and important information that ob- we hope that informed and educated you well going into this game, and that's what we always aim to do i know for those of you tuning in well we're not your x's and o's pragmatic podcast we are simply your (laughs) your z morning zoo entertainment we are here to inform educate and more importantly entertain and keep you awake so hopefully you ascertain enough information to make yourself seem smart and deadly when talking to your friends about the game that just occurred this evening yeah, and look, I, I love it saying that, you know, when I came into this sport, it was really more because of LAFC than anything else. I'm starting, you know, you hang out with with the Max Bredoses and the Vince LaRosas and the Ryan Wallersons and a lot of the other guys out there that we've seen a lot lately. It's I'm starting to learn a little bit more about this beautiful game and in terms of the tactics and everything else. And I, I have a lot to say about a particular substitution when we get into the breakdown of this match. So Philly, let's get right into it. First and foremost, can we just talk about all of the beautiful flags waving pre-match during the match post-match in the 3252 incredible. uh, There was no TIFO today, but it was all of the flags, all these beautiful flags that they painted And I have to say, I've seen now the highlight package on YouTube and the bank not only looked as good as it has ever looked, especially in the North End and with everybody remembering that it was a blackout LA game today, uh, Bank of California Stadium, except for a small pocket of about 300 fans up in the corner. 
on the south end there, the southeast end. The Charmin was, section. There you go. It was uh, it was black and gold all over at the bank. But I, I just, again, the ability to play at home at Bank of California Stadium in front of the 3252, the choir of the black and gold that we have talked about over and over again this season. It cannot be understated how important it is for LAFC to have won that supporter shield, to have seen this out, and that MLS Cup runs through the bank, and it was in large part because of what we saw with the 3252 today. No, of course. I mean, home field advantage for us is very pertinent. And going around the league and watching the playoff games around the league, Bank of California Stadium was colorful. It was loud. It was vibrant. It was what, well, if you're an MLS executive, something that you drool over. Because, like, you could easily, <laughs> easily go back down to a week ago and look at what happened in Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey, when, when, when the New Jersey energy drinks took on FC Cincinnati, there was nobody there. Absolutely nobody there in a soccer-loving town. And honestly, New York City really is. In a soccer-loving town, in a beautiful arena with a team that, well, is fairly prominent in terms of the history of this league. The supporter culture in Harrison, New Jersey, and the supporter culture for the New Jersey energy drinks, I am sorry to say this if you are a fan of that team, is absolute trash slash garbage. You have a stadium that holds up to 27,000 people. You average maybe 15. I swear there was maybe like five in that arena. So you look at the nonsense that occurs over in New Jersey, and then you fast forward a week later and you witness the glory and the beauty that is Bank of California Stadium. It really is a shining star in Major League Soccer, and it is a very good rep representation as to how far this league has come and where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, you've talked about it. I've talked about it. The marquee matchup in this league. I think we're at, what, 27 teams now, uh, 28 coming soon, 30 eventually. It doesn't matter who else they bring in. The marquee matchup in this league. And yes, I understand that Portland-Seattle is, is the deepest rooted, real, true rivalry in all of Major League Soccer. They've been doing this for quite a while up in the Pacific Northwest. But I think what we saw tonight and what we have continued to see, Philly, for 17 editions now of the Classico Angelino, as I prefer, I know a lot of people call it El Trafico, but uh, the I, I like Costco I like the Angelino. 110 collision. You like the 110 collision. I like it. Um, I, I just see over and over again now, Philly, how much more important this matchup is. This is Yankees Red Sox, but in the same city, the same city. This is your your deepest rooted if you follow and Philly's the one that turned me on to these during pandemic and now beyond if you follow copa 90 and you watch all of these incredible videos where they show rivalry game after rivalry game after rivalry game it's going to be such a proud moment if and when copa 90 does a full feature on this rivalry the Los Angeles Derby, the Classico Angelino, uh, El Trafico, the 110 Collision, whatever it is that we're calling it. Because this rivalry is fast approaching the levels of some of 
the greatest rivalries in the world. I'm not saying that this is Real, Real Atletico. You know, I'm not saying this is River Plate Boca by any stretch of the imagination yet. But what is happening in the United States, and more importantly, what is happening in America's most diverse city and most soccer-hungry city is something that the world is fast taking notice of. And damn it, am I not happy that we are on the right end of things tonight. I was going to say, timestamp, keep talking. The guys turned on the TV. Hang on a second. That's hilarious. Okay. So Philly's going to hear this while he's not in the room. The reason why Philly is not in the room right now, you guys, is because his gremlins, those three cats, Harry, Hagrid, and Hufflepuff, have somehow found a way to turn on the television out in his living room, which may or may not have woken up his wife at 1246 in the morning. So the reason why Philly has not been here for the last couple of minutes is because he has to go save his house from the gremlins who have full reign over his entire place. Yeah, sorry about that. I know there was one listener to the pod that said, I love the pod, but like, stop with the stupid cats. Uh, sir, sorry, stop with the stupid comments because the cats mean more to me than they, uh, than you mean to me. But no, it was crazy. Like, we're, you're sitting here chatting. All of a sudden, the TV's on like maximum volume. And somehow or another, these kitties managed to turn on the highlights between the Union and um, FC Cincinnati. And, they and heard, they heard me saying they heard me saying Philly over and over and over again, and they thought it was you. So, no, Scarf, so it was like it was deafening. Even you, you've been like you've been here a thousand times. I In have. here, like it was piercing my ear. That's how loud it was. How they managed to even do that is beyond me. But where there's a gremlin, there's a way, and I've got three of them, so it's kind you of insane. Absolutely, do, do they that. are they are adorable, but they have lived their entire lives with free reign over the domicile that they currently inhabit. So there you go. Gremlins uh, is the only only way to categorize them because they're mogwais in certain parts of the day. Then they literally like turn into gremlins at night. Right, right. Uh, look, we we might as well, Philly, get into the breakdown of this match. It is look, everybody. We we are so excited to celebrate this oh, with all of you. You just that's an understatement. Y- you have to understand. I'm looking at MLSsoccer.com, and there's a picture. If you go to the story about this game about LA Galaxy find big step forward in 2022 despite El Tráfico heartbreak, and it is an image of Chicharito, not once, not twice, but three images of him. And it's the same image of him walking off the pitch with his head down. And all I can think of is that same image of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if we ended. I know Chicharito said he's coming back, but it'll be really interesting to see how this team reshapes itself. I just, I don't know. I got, I got excited in watching that, but let's talk about the lineups for today's action. I got to say, we we talked about it on our preview pod, and it was the exact 11. Not that it's, it's a hard to figure out who they've started if they start the lineup, same lineup pretty much every week. But it was the exact 11 that I thought that the Carson Galaxy would roll out there, beginning with Jonathan Bond on the back line. Julian Araujo, who I really felt like we never allowed to get going because when Julian Araujo is feeling himself – he is one of the best fullbacks in Major League Soccer, and I, I really do think he's going to be a part of the Mexican national team for a long time coming. 
Uh, it is, uh, I've said this over and over again, in a, in a PlayStation League, the Galaxy went out and got themselves a Sega. Sega Koulibaly, they're <laughs> on the back line. The 35-year-old Uruguayan Martin Caceres, uh, the, the veteran, let's see how many more years and how many more lives he's got left in the tank. I, I thought he was a non-factor for the most part, although he did play solidly tonight. And of course, at left back, the snake himself, Raheem Edwards, number 44, Bank of California Stadium. Can I just tell you all how much I love you? Because anytime he was anywhere near the ball, anytime he was anywhere near the ball, there was booing to your heart's content. It was lovely. He had a couple of fouls on Carlos Vela and some others where we booed him vociferously. I just love the way. And, and look, at the end of the day, he had to find a job, and Carson was so bad that they were like, hey, let's take a chance on Raheem Edwards. And uh, you know what? Raheem didn't have a terrible start to the season. He had a very forgettable middle and end of the season. So who knows if he'll be back in the uh, Herbalife sash at the end of the season. The very formidable midfield that was largely kept in check tonight of Marky Mark Delgado. Uh, Brugman, who is uh, – he's Gaston Brugman – He's a problem, but tonight he was really a non-factor. And the player that everybody had their eyes on coming into the match, that would be Ricky Pooch. And I thought for the most part, LAFC, Steve Chirundolo, whether it was Mark Dos Santos or Ante Razov or whoever it might have been on the bench, uh, that were that they were devising the game plan to try and limit both Ricky Pooch and, of course, Chicharito. I thought they did a hell of a job. I thought they were absolutely incredible. Douglas Costa, number 10, who was apparently in the game, even though for large stretches, he absolutely disappeared. And Max's pick to click for this match for the Carson Galaxy, Samuel Grancier, who it, you got you to gotta start looking at Samuel Grancier when LAFC plays Carson, because all that guy does is play very, very well against us. We would see a couple of players off the bench, although I have to say, I'm very surprised we didn't see another. Uh, we would see... Oh, Siri is yelling at me right now. Not sure why Siri is yelling at me. Uh, we have Derek Williams, Kevin Cabral. We had Victor Vasquez and Dayan Jovalich. More on him a little bit later. Shocked, absolutely shocked. We didn't see Efrain Alvarez. He was the former golden boy of all that was the Carson Galaxy and now not even playing in a massive, massive playoff match. Philly, those are the Carson Galaxy a little bit of a surprise when you go through the lineup for LAFC? Just one surprise, to be completely frank with you. Uh, and it wasn't in between the pipes, that's for sure. Maxime Cripo starting in net. You had Ryan Hollingshead, Jesus David Murillo. Uh, the surprise to me was Eddie Segura. And as much as I love Steady Eddie, I was really under the impression that we would have Murray Lini as far as our center backs are concerned. Yeah. But Steady Eddie did a really good job. And Quite honestly, I still feel like he is our future. I feel like Jesus David Murillo is on his way to more European pastures. So we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Uh, on the outside, we got Chiqui Palacios. No surprise there. And for the most part, everybody afterwards, there is no surprise. Jose Cifuentes, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta starting in the midfield. That, to me, was a given. I, I, I didn't anticipate anybody else being there. And, of course, up top, we had Carlos Vela, Chicho Arango, and, and Danny Buanga. Again, no surprise there. As far as our sub concern, the big 
key omission in this match. The only LAFC player that happened to pop up on the questionable list is that of Gareth Bale. Questionable because of a left leg scenario. Now, in the post-game conference, Steve said that Gareth's fine. He'll be in training. He should be ready for the conference final. Um, little surprising and to some quite irritating that the man who's made such a splash in terms of news coming in L.A., a player that, you know, we would hope to rely on going into the playoffs, not seen. In fact, we haven't seen or really or heard from Gareth Bale in, in a couple of games. But, I mean, obviously all could be forgiven if you uh, happen to, like, show up in the next game. Our bench, uh, John McCarthy, Escobar, Latif Blessing, Chiellini, Opoku, Sebastian Ibiaga, Danny Trejo, your boy, Seba Mendez, and Christian Teo. That is your LAFC 18. I do want to say there is footage going on from uh, DAZN, Days in Italia. You're 20, by they, the way. I said 18. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Uh, where they're showing Gareth Bale leading the Shalala after the match. Now, Philly, you were there after the match. You were watching all the celebration. Uh, Gareth Bale jumping around. Okay. Looks like he's being a little gingerly, uh, doing it a little gingerly with his uh, with his left leg there. So, well, we'll see what happens with Gareth Bale, but man, uh, I thought that the fact that we were not starting Giorgio Chiellini was really, really going to hurt this 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 roster and this makeup and our confidence. Uh, I'm glad I was wrong, and I'm glad that steady Eddie Segura continued to be one of the rocks back there for LAFC. Remember, before the injury, Philly, he was a best 11 caliber center back. And also we were looking at one of the top two or three defenders in all of major league soccer. So I was very happy that steady Eddie was able to find his form, obviously to go the full 90 plus, And it was a lot. That's for sure. So Philly, let's get right into the match. Look, we we've talked about Carson, our preview show. They came in relatively hot. They had lost only once in their last 12 matches or excuse me, 11 matches. They had lost only once in their last 11 matches, but they'd only won five of those 11. So as Vince LaRosa was saying, uh, we, uh, we needed to look a little deeper there. Their expected goals, uh, their expected goals plus, and their, uh, their goal differential was just nothing special, even though they went on this run of 11. With that being said, it was Ricky Pooch, uh, who everybody was watching, but the first significant touch of the match was actually a steal by Carlos Vela in the first minute. And he's pulled down by Ricky Pooch. And and look, you could have argued for a yellow right then and there, but he's not going to give Ricky Pooch a yellow in the first minute. But uh, Ricky Pooch deserved the yellow in the 12th minute. Philly, it was absolute chaos in the box. Obviously, Ricky Pooch not happy that he didn't get a call as he went flying down into the box. And that seemed to be the M.O., for most of the night for the Carson Galaxy. And and look, all I know is on the Jumbotron at Bank of California Stadium, Philly, they never showed the replay of mm. Ricky Pooch earning that yellow for doing whatever he did to Jesus David Murillo. But the little birdies over on Twitter have definitely been showing it over and over again. Maybe, maybe just maybe, a little bit of embellishment by Jesus David Murillo. Oh, he was just taking a page out of Chicharito's book, giving the galaxy a little bit, a little bit of the uh, the how's your father? There it is. I've missed I mean, there, there, I've, yeah, it was, uh, it was questionable. 
It certainly was, but it obviously worked because with Ricky getting that yellow card, it obviously would stifle his ability to play aggressively, which I would say was the first step in the right direction for LAFC. So call it what you will. Call it a dirty play by Jesus Tava Mario. Hey, little Ricky, <laughs> little Ricky uh, <laughs> got himself a yellow card. And I guess my big question wait, about little Ricky. Wait, wait, wait. Was that Lucille Ball? That you were just doing? No, I was thinking Slick Rick. Oh, was supposed okay. to be Uncle Ricky. Right. I got it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's like, what I was thinking of. I, was I um, kind of hoping it was this. I, I I hate I hate the Galaxy. Like with with there's there's four teams in the world of sports I hate with a passion: the Philadelphia Phillies, the Atlanta Braves, the Purdue Boilermakers, and the LA Galaxy. But I will say, Ricky Pooch is a fun player to watch. But I got to ask you this question. Yeah. I haven't really seen it anywhere else. I don't know if it's something that happens at La Masia. I look over at Ilya Sanchez. That wasn't the case. I looked over at Christian Teo. That wasn't the case. Why does Ricky Pooch tuck in his jersey? Why? Why does anybody <laughs> do that? I, okay, it's polite. It's, it's courteous. It's, uh, it's clean. But, God, what, what a nerd. <laughs> Billy, you were the guy that would have stuffed him in his locker back in uh, high school, right? If I could catch him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's He's pretty that's quick. for sure. You're you're not catching Ricky Pooch, that's for sure. But I think not actually, even in my prime. Let's, but let's back up. You brought up in, in all of the fun banter, you actually brought up something especially important that, that I feel like may go overlooked, at least initially in this match, Philly. By Ricky Pooch getting that early yellow in the 12th minute, you're absolutely right. It took away some of his ability to be as aggressive on both sides of the ball, to really try and earn that possession back after you lose it, that type of a thing. I thought that Ricky Pooch played perfectly fine, but you're absolutely right, Philly. I think you hit the nail on the head there in the 12th minute where all of a sudden you have the abilities of Ricky Pooch to go to be a two-way player that gets hurt a little bit by that early yellow card. The other thing, and and he had done a much better job of it this season as we as we progressed, and I think this had a lot to do with the fact that Giorgio Chiellini took a lot of this responsibility off of him. I do not love Jesus David Mario passing the ball. I just don't love it right now. I'm sorry. In the 19th minute, Maria had had the ball twice at his feet, looked to pass both times, and both times it was a turnover that led to a break the other way. I think that's where we really saw Giorgio Chiellini missing more than anything else because it's clearly not something that Eddie Segura is comfortable with. He does not do it nearly as often as even Jesus David Murillo does. But Modi passing with the ball at his feet is just a super scary thing. And you could tell that every time Modi would have the ball at his feet, Galaxy would run a run an offensive player at him, run one of their, their forwards at him, or they would back off and say, no, that's fine. Pass the ball because we know it's going to one of us. I, I didn't love that, but I did love Philly just about maybe five minutes later. Five minutes later, you say? After the 19th minute. Ah, uh, well, even before that, I just wanted to highlight, look, the first like real scary chance. Yes. Uh, we, we're looking at what, the 16th, uh, the 16th minute? Yeah. Samuel Grancier who uh, had an amazing cross into the box against Nashville that connect, connected with, uh, with Julian Araujo. Player to watch. He has the first real shot that just skies into the 32-52. He would be a name that we would call out uh, another, another couple of times. Two minutes even after that, homeboy hits the top of the crossbar. It wasn't in frame, 
but still to the point where Maxime Cripo stretches out his arms, misses it, hits the top of the crossbar. Samuel Grancier already coming out of the gates hot. But what's even hotter than him? Yes. <laughs> Gustav and Mario in the 19th minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> had, his, had, had his feet on the ball twice, passed, and, um, well, why don't you take over from here? Well, yeah, that's what I was talking about. That's what I was trying to throw to the Denny Bowanga goal there in the 24th minute. Oh, because... all right. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the 19th. You said five minutes later, so you kind of confused me. Yeah, five minutes after the 19th. Didn't, oh, didn't... I didn't hear you say the 19th. Well, damn it. In that case, let's talk about that. That was a sequence that was gorgeous, my friend. Denny Bowanga, the hero in Portland. The hero in Portland becomes an absolute, I don't know, I'm not going to call him a legend just yet, but... There's something about the number 99 when it comes to postseason in Bank of California Stadium. But let's talk about the way that play developed. Eddie Segura connecting with Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela having a tremendous pass that somehow threaded a needle. And I literally mean that. Threaded a needle, gets the ball into Denny Buanga, and he smashes it past Jonathan Bond. What an incredible goal, and what an incredible way to go up against our arch rivals. 20 or so minutes into the matchup, Denny Buanga solidifying himself as a reliable scorer on LAFC's front line. So I couldn't help but think back to about 25, 30 minutes before this actual play happened, and I'm on the 110 football pregame show and what I predicted, I just want to throw this out there now. We'll see how it ends up later in the match. But I predicted a 3-2 scoreline with a Danny Buonga brace. It's on tape, everybody. Go find it on YouTube. I'm just saying, I'm throwing that out there right now. Everybody got mad at me because I said this would be a Danny Buonga coming out party. And I used my favorite Ninja Turtles phrase, Kawabuonga. And uh, I, I was told that I had to go take a lap by Max Bredos. So before the match... I took a little lap right around there. He's just jealous because he didn't come up with it for a scarf. Kawabonga is genius. I'm just saying, 26th and 27th minute, I got super nervy because it started to get real chippy. Every time LAFC would go on a break, it'd be a very tactical, very hard foul. Uh, Martin Caceres was definitely letting himself uh, be known out there on the back line. Uh, I just I thought that the game had settled down nicely for the next five or six or seven minutes. And then all of a sudden, man, we started to play a little out of sorts. I, I really think that I felt the, the play was sort of tilting downhill towards the Galaxy's favor. And, and unfortunately, something we saw them try and do much earlier in the game, because what they obviously see that what Cheeky Palacios or Eddie Segura or whoever is on that left side of our back line what we'd like to do is head it out towards the left, towards that outside of the box area, towards the sideline rather than the goal line. And look, they they were waiting for us there in the 44th minute. Samuel Grancier, as they overloaded their right side, anticipating that giveaway, ball came to his feet. And look, I got to give the guy credit. There were two or three defenders there in the box. He had to tuck it away in the corner. Maxime wasn't in bad position at all for it. I just think it was more of the effort by Samuel Grancier. And, and just like that, I, I was just telling our friend Karen, who sits in front, I said, if we could just find a way to get into the half up one nil, I said, I think we can turn the one into two and then the two into three. And then it just all starts rolling downhill. And Samuel Grancier said, hold my, he's French. So champagne, I don't know. Hold my Cronenberg. That's that a French, French beer. 
Cronin? That it does not sound French at all. No, Cronin it does not. French? I'm pretty sure it's a French beer. Well, I can I'll see look the it bottle up right you... now. There's a green oh. bottle with a blue label. All right. Well, I'll look it up while you talk about the rest of the half. Well, well, I mean, let's put it this way. So obviously they're making the play in the box. There was a clearance, if I'm not mistaken, by Ilya Sanchez. Uh, he headed it out and it went right to Grand Seer. Wow. I just can I just read to you the one sentence on Instagram? Uh, on Instagram, on Wikipedia about the Cronenberg Brewery. It's fantastic. This is the first, and you were right. You were 100% correct, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, Cronenberg <laughs> Brewery is a brewery founded in 1664 yes. by Geronimus Hatt in the free imperial city of Strasbourg of the Holy Roman Empire, which is today now known as Strasbourg, France. That's fantastic. Can I ask well, you another question? Absolutely. Did you seriously not believe me when I said Cronenberg was a French beer? Why it just it's Cronenberg does not sound French. I'm sorry. There's no like Cronenberg. How's yeah, that? there's no there's not enough phlegm in Cronenberg for Cronenberg. I mean, that's maybe a little too much. So we we get into stoppage time. First. Well, hold on, let me finish. Yeah, header from Ilya Sanchez went directly to Grand Sear. Grand Sear had a good goal, and uh, of course, of course, they had to tie the game with us going into half because well, it couldn't be a one ten collision if it wasn't for. <laughs> a tie a tie i was so pissed off by the way man like i can't <laughs> believe that we we let these schmucks back into the game just hearing hearing that that section uh the, that the, the charmin section if you don't know what charmin is i'll allow you to google it uh it's to hear them like go up and roar it's, god it's pissed me off so much. wait are there are there that many people that don't know what charmin is can we talk about that for a i don't know um, I, I blame the charmin bear for starting the pandemic it's uh oh geez god well, I mean, how much toilet no. paper did you see in the shelves during that time period, Scarf? Oh my God. I think he that didn't... red Charmin bear should be questioned. I don't think that Charmin bear had any of the... T Anyways. He looks mischievous, Scarf. I don't trust a red bear. Have you ever seen a red bear before? No. Gummy bear. I love Haribo gummy bears. Yeah, but you eat bit. gummy bears. The Charmin bear is evil. Okay. Uh, in stoppage time, Philly, I thought we were going to go down to one. I'll be perfectly honest. The way that we were playing in stoppage time, LAFC with a couple of turnovers in and around the box. Luckily, cooler heads kind of prevailing. And what I said was after the second minute, when we made yet another turnover, I said, we just need to get into the locker room. And then Carlos Vela says, no, 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 it's okay. I'm the captain. I got this. And he takes it the other way. Vela taken down just, just outside the box. That There was initially a penalty awarded. I still think you maybe sort of kind of could argue that it was inside the box, but uh, cooler heads prevailing on the refereeing side of things and just an awful free kick by Carlos Vela to end the half. We go in one, one in a, in a sort of defeatist attitude. I'll be honest. I wasn't super happy that we allowed, I'm right there with you that we allowed Carson to tie it up, but I just felt like over the course of 90 minutes, our guys were more talented. Our guys were more composed. I thought we would be okay. I wasn't 100% sure. And look, anybody out there, anybody out there who says from minute one, they knew LAFC was going to win this match beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're, you're just trying to take credit for what wound up being a miraculous performance because every single person out there, if you are honest to yourself, you know you were super nervous because we were, and you knew when they tied it up 1-1, and eventually, when we'll talk about it a little bit later on, when they did some other things, that little bit of, of Carson doubt kind of starts creeping in the back of your mind. And again, I can't be happier that we exercise this demon tonight. Philly, halftime, 1-1. Yep, 1-1. One, one. 
Shots at this point, 7-5 Galaxy. Shots on goal, both clubs 2-2. Two two. Saves, one for Crapo, one for Bond. And here's the surprising part. Possession, 61-39 in favor of the LA Galaxy. Oh, I yeah. did not foresee that happening. I would have anticipated LAFC would have retained more possession and obviously not played a game similarly to what that of Nashville played. Nashville played into the hands of the Galaxy. We didn't think LAFC was going to do that. But alas, as frustrating as it was, still 45 minutes to go. But like you mentioned earlier, not going into the start of the second half, feeling uber confident, at least not with the tie. Uh, you give them that a little bit of space, these guys are going to come bashing through the door. I mean, it goes back to the very, very first game in which both of these two clubs met, despite having a, what, what a three-goal lead? We yeah. still managed to find our way. We managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. 1-1, even 1-0. Honestly, even with these guys, three. Maybe 4-0 is enough space, but you never know what could happen, and... The Galaxy were the better team in terms of the last 10 games, a better run of form. So with them getting any kind of confidence going into the locker room, scary scenario for our black and gold. Yeah, no, for sure. And and this is something that we have seen over and over and over again uh, with LAFC against Carson. But that being said, I while I was shocked that LAFC played as far back as we did and allowed as much possession as we did. What I also have to assume, and I would be curious to get Defenders Nation, your your take on this, what you all think. Maybe, just maybe, Steve Chirundolo saw something in the way that Nashville played Carson just a week earlier, and Nashville loves to sit way back, and they really encourage you to come way forward. They trust their back line, and they trust their back line, and they trust their back line. And for last season, for example, it worked out very, very well for them. For this season, it, it just never felt like they got rhythm with what they were able to do, and I'm talking about Nashville. But maybe LAFC, maybe Steve Trundolo, maybe the coaching staff, maybe the, the interns and the up-all-nighters studying video, Maybe they saw something in the way that Nashville was able to execute certain things and they were able to turn that into gold for LAFC. Uh, In the 48th minute, Philly, I have to mention, I I did not love the play of one Jose Cifuentes in this match. And I think the the icing on the cake for me was in the 48th minute when Denny Bawanga earning a corner for Kellen Acosta and Kellen Acosta put a ball on a dime. And we're talking, this was us men's national team, three or four assists in a game. We've already seen it uh, from Kellen Acosta. This was an absolute dime to a wide open, completely unmarked Jose Cifuentes. And he pushes it well, well wide of that far post. And I thought Philly, it should have been two, one right out the gate. Yeah, for sure. And and I do want to tip my hat off to Kellen Acosta. There was this point during the season, a, a run of a couple of games in which he was kind of, well, not great in terms of his set piece distribution, but he certainly looked a lot better today. And you're right. Jose Cifuentes should have buried that. I mean, it doesn't get more gift wrapped than that. All the president needed to say was happy birthday, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah. Like it was there. There's nothing that was more gift wrapped in this game from Kellen Acosta than that dime piece that he had. But alas to say, the soccer God said, Ish don't think so to Jose Cifuentes. 
Yeah, it's uh, again, I was just uh, I was very, very, very disappointed with that effort. I thought that Jose Cifuentes looked maybe a step off, maybe a step out of rhythm, maybe a step slow, maybe a step behind. It just didn't feel like he was connecting. And then, dear God, Philly, after the 50, what, third minute? I mean, it was chaos for LAFC. And the fact that we weathered this storm and looked as bad as we did for a large portion of the next four or five or six or seven or eight or maybe even 10 minutes, in my opinion, after... Puig went down, or Puig, after, I keep thinking of I know you miss Yasiel, Scott. I do. He was my favorite Dodger for the longest time. God, my last three favorite Dodgers were Yasiel Puig, Eric Gagne, and Raul Mondesi. Those were my last three favorite Dodgers. Anyways, uh, after Pooch goes down center pitch, Cheeky gets a yellow. He was kind of baited into this silly play. And I'm worried now because Cheeky's got a yellow with, what, 40 minutes or so, including stoppage time to play. Somehow, uh, Carlos Vela gets called for a foul on a break, and now they sub in Kevin Cabral for Douglas Costa, who really wasn't anywhere to be found. Murray gets a yellow, and then Vela gets a yellow. I felt like Alan Chapman, you get a yellow, and you get a yellow, and you get a yellow. And meanwhile... It's just one bad play after another for LAFC. Marie comes in to be aggressive, but takes out a guy. Carlos Vela, I don't know. Did he get a yellow for a delay? Did he throw the ball away? What happened with Carlos Vela? And, oh, my God. Following, uh, honestly, it culminated Philly in the 66th minute with Chicharito's little dive into the box and or dive near the box. And I thought, oh, my God, from eight yards out, Carson's about to get a free kick. We have played absolutely unraveled, absolutely unrolled ourselves. And this, this is how Carson might take the lead here in the 66, but I'm so glad I was wrong. Yeah, no, you're, I'm glad you were wrong too. I mean, <laughs> the ball managed to find its way like through the wall, but we had Maxime Cropo. Ooh, got the hiccups. That's what happens when you eat chicken McNuggets and drink Dr. Pepper. It, it, it won. Ooh, excuse me. It won in the morning, but luckily wow. Max was there to make, make the save. You talk about Kevin Cabral coming in. Oh God, there's the hiccups. You talk about Kevin Cabral coming into the game. I can't, I can't help but I can't help but laugh at that moment for the galaxy, man. Like Kevin Cabral, what a waste of a designated player. Now, normally I don't want to poo-poo somebody. I mean, I poo-poo everybody that makes their way onto the galaxy roster because I, I, I hate that team as much as I hate mosquito bites, uh, which is a lot, but Kevin Cabral, you knew he wasn't going to be a factor. That's a kid that has absolutely no confidence in his game as of right now. He has no ability to find the back of the net. You watch him. He finds himself in really advantageous positions, but the kid can't score, man. He can't score. He is like a geeky high school freshman with a pocket protector and buck teeth trying to hit on the captain of the cheerleading team. Absolutely no sh- chance at scoring. That's Kevin Cabral. You okay there, bud? Uh, I got, ooh, excuse me. I got hiccups, man. I got hiccups. Is it really yeah. that bad? I'm trying. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm I'm worried about you, bud, but we got, we got what? About There's nothing to be worried about. And I can assure you it is not a result of inebriation. It is a result of carbonation coming from that of a Dr. Pepper. There, well, you said you were fueled by pepper, right? So there you go. Uh, Better than ramen, second, Scarf. Oh, 70. I love ramen. 70 Not the second, kind that I'm thinking of. Okay. 72nd minute. Alan Chapman calls over both Chicharito and Carlos Vela. And my favorite part of that was he called over Chicharito about 
45 seconds after shooing Chicharito away for doing the exact same thing he called over Chicharito to warn all of his other players about. And that was, and I thought this was especially true with the Galaxy in this match, but we certainly did it ourselves a couple of times. I thought it was especially true of the Galaxy, though, as they were absolutely storming Alan Chapman every single time a call did not go their way. I am just so happy to see that team go packing. But more importantly, Philly, I, I mentioned I mentioned at the top of all of this that there was a particular substitution that I wanted to talk about that at the time I was like, ugh, seems a little early, but Carlos definitely looked like he was cramping in the 77th minute. We saw in a tie game, in a game that was level going into the 80th minute, we saw the, our best player in club history, Carlos Vela, come off for a kid that you especially have been so incredibly high on this season. Not that I don't love him as well, but you have said over and over and over again how this kid creates magic. Mahalo Opoku coming in in the 77th. And he was a really huge difference maker. Uh, he always is a huge difference maker. The kid has such intestinal fortitude. He is not afraid of the big moment, nor is, oh God, these hiccups, nor is he afraid to take, to take the big shot. So let's fast forward to about four minutes of him getting in, maybe three minutes of him getting into the matchup. Yeah. We have a nice sequence in which LAFC has the ball on top of the box. Chicho has it, passes, passes it over to Ryan Hollingshead. He distributes that ball within the box, and Mahala actually got a tip on the ball, helps redirect it to Denny Buanga and Scarf. All of a sudden, your Scarf Stradamusness made itself prevalent because Denny Buanga gets his second goal of the game, and boom, just like that, we are joyous. We are screaming. It is pandemonium at Bank of California Stadium. Denny Buanga getting himself a nice, nice goal. Oh, God. <laughs> but that ball, obviously, uh, it was a great play created by Chicho Arango, connecting with Hollingshead. And, well, Mahala tried to make the play, but luckily he directed it, and Denny Buanga was there on the receiving end with nobody in front of him, and Jonathan Bod didn't have a shot in hell at making that save. Yeah, you had mentioned that MLS Soccer, that's MajorLeagueSoccerSoccer.com, uh, gave... Mahala and assist on this ball. I still, I've watched it a couple of times. Maybe I'm missing it. I don't see him touching it. He had his it, foot on the ball. There's was no a, doubt about that. A beautiful cross from Ryan Hollingshead. Mahala goes screaming through the box, is on the seat of his pants to go after it. And perfectly on the back post is Denny Bowanga. Here's why that play works. That play works because Mahala is making that run and pulling the defender in the box along with him so that Denny, uh, number one, has enough space on that far side, but that number two, there's not already a defender sitting there waiting to poach that pass from Ryan Hollingshead. So Mahala, clearly one of the reasons why that goal is able to happen in the 84th minute, the deadliest weapon off the bench in Major League Soccer this season belongs to the Carson Galaxy. And no, it's not Derek Williams who comes in for Martin Caceres. It would be Marky Delgado coming out of the match for one Dayon Jovalich, the former Eintracht Frankfurt man that I know Philly just a little bit doesn't mind rooting for when he's not playing LA. He didn't really have that much time playing at Eintracht. 
Bro, he played mainly in Austria. That's where he really earned his stripes. That's true. But you know what? Uh, you could play one game for the Mets and I'll at least still follow you and see what you're doing for the rest of your life. Heck, I brought up Mark Segbers again for a couple, a couple of episodes ago, and he didn't even play a match for LAFC, but that's all right. Uh, I, I just think that, that Dayon Jovalich is special in terms of his ability to put the ball into the back of the net. And unfortunately, Philly, why after Denny Bowanga scores, does our back line open up and play as widely and, and as frivolously and as forward as Carson's did? I don't know. I know why Carson is chasing the game. I know why Carson is throwing everybody forward. I know why they're trying to score. Why was LAFC so open and why do they allow Dayon Jovalich in the 85th minute all the space that he would need? I mean, he had a lot of space, but you got to give credit where credit is due. That was a hell of a goal. An absolute rocket to Russia. It was such a nice shot. And we were only minutes away at this point. Five, six, seven or so, depending on what injury time would have been at that point. And it's just inconceivable to to, to witness the Galaxy tie the game. I just, I was so beyond angry and disappointed. I mean, it was such a roller coaster ride up to that point. The last thing you'd want to do is see both of these teams go into extra time. And the last thing you'd really want to see is both of these teams going in a PK. My ticker, my 42-year-old ticker, which you like to remind me of how old it is. It's I didn't old. think had the capacity nor the ability to have withstood that kind of heartache and that kind of stress. But Jovalich, as he's done time and time again, quite honestly, we can start calling him an LAFC killer because he seems to score in these games more often than not. Had a banger of a goal, and it was assisted by Victor Vasquez. And all of a sudden, you think, "Oh God, we're going in. We're going in the locker room. We're uh, not going in the locker room. We're going in extra time. This is uh, this is this is not good. This is not good." Until it was great. Until that, that's you're absolutely right. I mean, the last little bit of there was that heart in your throat's moment for me in the 90th minute, right as we hit stoppage time. Galaxy earn a corner. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there going, you've got to be family friendly kidding me right now. Like there is no possible way that this is how it's going to go down, that it's going to be maybe a a Derek Williams header or or a Victor Vasquez header or something into the box where we're going to go down on a stoppage time corner kick. Oh, I was sick to my stomach. But little of oh ye of little faith, because that's who I was in that moment. Just two minutes later, let's be real, Philly. Why do we earn that corner kick that Kellen Acosta is able to put into the box? Why do we earn the corner kick, Mahala Opoku? I mean, the the hustle that he had was just incredible, absolutely incredible. And like you said, I mean, this is a kid that makes magic happen every time he gets himself onto the pitch. Mahala, the magician Opoku. That would be his wrestling name. I am convinced. This kid, you want to talk about the laws of attraction? I think he goes out there and tweets this. Small boy, big God. There's something within that saying, man. Like, God has blessed this young man with some absolute talent and the ability to cause chaos to any opposing team that he he goes up, up against. Yeah, he made that play happen. So for all intents and purposes, he will not come up on the stat sheet for anything at that point. But Mahala was a very, very big contributor to our final two goals of the game because at that point, we got a set piece. Kellen Acosta doing dime piece work. And uh, I've gotten the opportunity 
Oh, these hiccups. I've gotten the opportunity to run through a couple of goals. Why don't you run through this one while I drink some Topo Chico <laughs> with the hopes of destroying this, this godforsaken hiccup thing? Yeah, you know, it's funny. God, they are really winning, by the way, those hiccups right now for you. Uh, it's really funny that you're allowing me to take this goal because this is your boy, but I'm going to try to do the best I can. Uh, it's Chicho, Chicho Arango. That's a right-footed shot from very close range to the high center of the goal following a corner. I just thought I would read the whole thing that uh, that MLSSoccerSoccer.com put out there. No, here's the deal. Kellen Acosta puts a beautiful corner into a dangerous position. And just like we saw, the ball got a little ugly and it bounced around and Samuel Grancier found a way and protected it in the bottom corner. Chicho Arango from midair, by the way, plucks this one. It was kind of like a little back kick. It was a, a beautiful-looking play there by Chicho Arango. The the play certainly intended to be in his area, but he was at the right place at the right time. And here's what I want to say real quick about Chicho Arango. Chicho in this game, in terms of the offense and in terms of what it looked like Steve Chirundolo was trying to do by pressing forward, Chicho was very clearly to me the third option among the three up top. And what I continue to marvel at, what I continue to love about Chicho Arango is that he plays hard every single minute he's out there. If he's supposed to be making a back post run, he's making a back post run. If he's supposed to pressure the ball up top while the keeper's trying to play it back out, he's pressuring the ball up top. He is in all of the places that you need him to be, whether it is minute one or minute, in this case, 93, including stoppage time. And I think we are so lucky that this season he was not poached and we were able to play at least one more year and now have this real true playoff run with number nine, Chicho Arango. Chicho, Chicho Arango smashes the ball past Jonathan Bond for his playoff golazo. Ah, yes, it was um, it was glorious. And I have to say, if you kept up with him during the broadcast, it was a very special moment when he jumped into the stands, found his wife and gave her a peck on the lips after that goal. At that point. There was no turning back. It's probably my why my voice is hoarse at this point. I stood on my chair and I yelled a lot of obscenities uh, uh, about the galaxy. In fact, I turned around at one guy who um, he wasn't wearing a galaxy shirt, but he was wearing galaxy colored clothes. Oh, like boy. I made eye contact with him and I'm looking at him. I'm like, and he's just, he's kind of applauding as if he's like part of the LAFC crowd. I'm like, bro, you're wearing galaxy colored clothing. And he's like, oh, God, I've been outed. But, like, I didn't care. Like, I didn't shout anything otherwise. But it was, I mean, dude, it was it, it, it was incredible. I mean, we had so, so many brilliant moments squashed by so many horrific moments. But to see, and there was a, I, I don't know who took the picture. It might have been 110. It might have been somebody else. But there was a photo of Adama Diamande running during that 5-3 to three playoff game in 2019 with his arms spread out. There was a similar picture posted underneath it of Denny Buanga doing yep. it. And, you know, you talk about the laws of attraction. Dio did tweet out, good luck to LAFC. So if you believe in that sort of stuff, it was 199 bestowing luck and good fortune upon another number 99. 
And as a result of that, the number 99 once again shined, defeating the Galaxy for the second time in the playoffs. Oh, my God. I have that plaque behind me that has the score of that 2019 game. I can't yeah. wait till they come out with the next one uh, for for this game. But this game, not as not as big as the last one, mainly because that was the first time we beat the Galaxy. But like I said earlier, I, I'll take the regular season L's if I know they're going to end up in playoff W's because that's when it matters. And there's nothing better to do than to give your enemy a little bit of hope. <laughs> and then you slit their throats and break their backs. And I do want to say we we definitely for the last minute and a half parked the bus, bringing in Seba Mendez and my boy. He wasn't too hurt to see out the game. At least he played the last couple of minutes. Giorgio Chiellini on for Chicho Arango. So when they subbed in Seba Mendez for Chicho, you're going, ah, I get it. Cool. Actually, I think it might have been Seba Mendez for Sifu and then Giorgio Chiellini for Chicho. Got it. We're playing five in the back. And and sure enough, by the way. The last two most important defensive plays that we made in that match was a beautiful all-out header to clear the ball by Giorgio Chiellini. And then the last real significant touch of the game, Philly, it was Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie, who has been with this club for so long, uh, one of my favorite players to ever suit up in black and gold, uh, number four. And one of the nicest guys you've ever met, right? (laughs) No, he actually, I mean, he... Steady, true story about Eddie Segura. In 2019, this is pre-pandemic, uh, you you and I, I forget what we were doing, but we were outside. We were in Pepsi Plaza for a little bit, and it wasn't Pepsi Plaza back then. I forget what it was. It was like, you know, Bank of California Experience Center was right there and everything else. And after <laughs> the match, right. it's like it's like an hour and a half, two hours after the match. What are two dumb butts we're still doing there? I have no idea. Drinking. But out walks, actually... I, I remember this night too well for it to be that, but out walks Eddie Segura and he's got his hands full, like literally has a bag of stuff, has like a box with some cleats in it. And his little dude is just running around all over the place. And for maybe he, maybe you can just, I don't know. You can smell me being a teacher or something. I don't know, whatever it was, but I, you know, I've always worked with little ones that love kids. He comes over, he goes, Hey, would you mind? Can can you just watch him for a, watch my little one here for a quick second? And I was like, Yeah, sure, Eddie Segura, you can leave me with your kid while you go back into the stadium for some unknown amount of time. Uh, truly, one of the nicest people I've ever met because he did. He he gave me a hug afterwards. He said thank you, and we went on our way. Eddie Segura trusted me with his kid. Oh my God, we beat Carson. They're not in the playoffs anymore, and we are still on the drive. Three matches Philly one down two to go I mean let's just think about this for a second this time last year we were all watching other teams in the MLS Cup playoffs because we had to date our worst season in franchise history we make it to the tail end of the season with a glimmer of hope at making the postseason and unfortunately the other teams that needed to lose didn't and we got smoked like a brisket in 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 Colorado to the Colorado Rapids, <laughs> what a season they had! By the way, Cl- clinching the top spot in the West last season to just pretty much not even making the playoffs. Look at how far we've come along, and and I and I'm per- not perplexed. That's a stupid stupid statement, but like I didn't have that kind of amazing optimism going into this year because well we had a new regime, 
We had an unproven coach who at this point has set the league record for most wins by a first-year coach who was set earlier on by his predecessor. Not earlier on. I think it was 96. And, of course, you had uh, Wrong Don of, over, of the Tampa Bay. Ow, 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 cramp, 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 cramp. Of the Tampa Bay. Ow. This Scarf. is hilarious. This ah. is hilarious. The the Tampa Bay mutiny is the coach <sighs> that he is trying to. What just happened right now? Hamstring. We are. He's okay. Philly is not doing anything other than sitting in his chair, talking oh, into God. a microphone. Now, this is the same guy that blew his hamstring out playing kickball. Philly, are you playing kickball on Sunday? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to get a team together at this point. I've got seven. I'd like to have 11. I don't have a full team yet. Uh, my hamstring is fine. I'm just dehydrated. I've gone to kickboxing four times this week. I'm back in the Muay Thai realm of things for the last month. That was a really odd cramp right there. So yes, just I'll to be, be ready clear, for- you're you're only sitting there, right? You're not yeah, like on an yeah, exercise. Yeah, well, I stretched it in a weird way. All right, or- let's let let's move along and like you know uh, avert these these old man jokes. But right. we've come such a long way. Steve's done a tremendous job. We've questioned his tactics. We've questioned what he said in press conferences. I myself included, thinking, oh, this is not the biggest game of your coaching career. Uh, it should be because well, it's do or die, buddy. Well, he downplayed it because, well, he didn't want to create a much bigger moment than he thought this could essentially be. He obviously knows that his and confident enough in his team, knowing that his team is going to advance and play a couple of more games. So perhaps he felt that his biggest and most important coaching uh, match would 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 be upcoming. But we've done a tremendous thing, and while it's incredible, celebrate this. We've got a week's worth. We'll do it three days. Let's be honest. Weeks worth of celebrating. Yeah, we beat our rivals and God, the satisfaction that it gives me and gives you and gives the millions and millions to send these sons of snitches crying. Oh, there's nothing better than the taste of galaxy tears. Oh, it's just fantastic. I like it better than I like whiskey. I mean, that's you must really like that. And so, look, here's. Here's the thing that I do want to take away from this, though, because you're right. Steve Trondola mentioned there wasn't really a lot of celebrating in the locker room tonight because they said they celebrated at Portland when they got the supporters shield. And now there's a job to do. Right. And that job consists of winning, as Carlos Vela said in the uh, in his interview earlier this week, there the job consists of winning three matches. But what I will say is this, and hopefully there's no shortage of this happening right now throughout Los Angeles. If COVID if the pandemic, if all of this has taught me one thing, I want one of those things to be to celebrate when you have something to celebrate. There are far too many reasons for us to be stressed, for us to be sad, for us to be frustrated, for us to be something other than celebratory in our mood. And what I will say is, while this is, yes, only one of three matches we need to win, and While this victory is sweet, 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 I know that a lot of people are going to downplay it. Don't. Don't downplay it tonight. Don't downplay it tomorrow. Maybe don't even downplay it through the weekend. In fact, play it up. Tell all your friends. Invite people over to celebrate. Have a little party. Have a little get-together. Because after you party it up, after this weekend, after we revel in the joy that this match has all brought us and should bring us. We got a week 
to put our business socks back on. That's why they're called business socks because it's business time. We got a chance to lace them back up and to understand that in seven days at Bank of California Stadium, either FC Broccoli or as you like to call them, FC Ribeye Steak, (laughs) either Dallas or Austin, have to come back through us on our way to get our first MLS Cup. I mean, it's it's a lesson that we should all acknowledge. Celebrate all your victories, regardless of how small or, or how big they are, because, well, life is made up of a series of moments. And as of right now, this has been one of the best moments of the season and arguably one of the best games that we have all bared witness to. Whether we were in the stands, whether we were watching it on our laptops, whether we were watching it at home with the family, it was an incredible game. Like you said, enjoy it while you can, but there's still two more games. But like I said earlier, there's two things in this world I absolutely hate. Mosquitoes. And the LA Galaxy. And it feels so good to exterminate one of those insects this evening. God, it feels so stinking good to be to beat them. But while this uh, this game is great, we all got a couple of other games to tune into. And the next round of matches, folks, Sunday, October 23rd, we got the Montreal Impact Club de Foot. I like to call them the Foot Clan versus NYCFC at 10 a.m. And then there's a long, long wait because that's when we get to see FC Broccoli versus FC Ribeye Steak down at Q2 Stadium, 5 p.m. on Sunday. And the winner of that game is going to take on LAFC next Sunday, October the 30th at 6 p.m. We've got a long day of tailgating ahead of us. Can't wait. I just love that we still have two more matches now left to play. When I said bye to everybody at Bank California Stadium that works there, all the nice people that allow us to go in and out of the stadium as freely as they do, I told them, I said, all right, one down. We got two more to go. See you back here in 10 days. And they all agreed with me. They said, you're damn right you will. And with that, Philly, let's let's go start our celebration by getting some sleep. It is about 1.30 in the morning. I know you, you seem to have gotten rid of the hiccups. So that's that's good. It's because I'm burping up McNuggets and French fries now. Somehow it's worse. All right, cool. All right, everybody. Well, you know how we like to end all of our podcasts. This is episode 221 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. And 222 is going (laughs) to continue the celebration. Oh, I love it so much. Bye-bye. Bye.